Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to On A Good Day with me, Elizabeth Callahan, And me, Julia Ajayi. On today's episode, we're looking into volunteering and the benefits it can have after brain injury. I'm really excited to be here today with Hector at the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology in Cambridge and also with Kate Pizakli, who works here as the Visitor Services Manager and Hector volunteers here at the museum and uh, Kate is managing the volunteers at the museum too. So we're going to be talking about volunteering at the museum and also wider in the role that it plays in people's lives after brain injury particularly. So Kate, welcome to On A Good Day and thank you for having us here in this amazing place. You're welcome. And welcome again, Hector. Thank you for being part of this conversation about volunteering. Welcome. So, Kate, you help with volunteers at the museum, and Hector's been volunteering here, we think, for at least six years. Um, so maybe you could tell us why volunteers are so important to the museum. I mean, in a nutshell, we couldn't open without volunteers. So we, like a lot of museums around the country, depend entirely on volunteers in order to be open and accessible to the public. At the moment, and certainly since COVID, we at Front of House and Visitor Services are the only team in the museum who use volunteers regularly, um, but we are also the only team who rely on volunteers in order to be able to function. So we, at the moment, need four, ideally four volunteers per shift six days a week, two shifts a day. Wow, so how many volunteers do you actually have at the museum, approximately? I think that on the books at the moment, we've got 70 Wow. Uh, active volunteers, and yet we still struggle to fill every shift because obviously people have lives or you know jobs or families, terribly inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> Or go and on holiday. That is inconvenient, isn't it? It is. <laughs> do you have kind of a minimum amount of days that people sh should do or set days that people do and a minimum requirement, I suppose, for people to volunteer? So ideally, we ask people to do a shift a week um, and no less ideally than a shift every two weeks. The only reason we ask that is because 
things change um, and, you know, exhibits change, exhibitions change, staff change. And if you're away for too long, you might, you know, forget or things have changed so much that you can't answer questions or whatever. There, having said that, we have plenty of people who do less than that um, because that's what they can manage. So we're fairly flexible. In an ideal world, we have some everybody doing one shift a week, every week for 10 years. That would be like an ideal situation, but you know, that's not how, how life is. And the museum here, the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology is a really popular museum in Cambridge, isn't it? It's yeah. free to come into, it's walk off the street. So how many visitors do you have? that those volunteers work with? So we're up to about 80,000 visitors a year. Right. Texas generally does a Friday. So a weekday during term time really can be quite quiet, mm. like to the point of slightly boring. Yes, it can. Yes. <laughs> but a weekday in a holiday, in a half-term holiday, a school holiday, Easter, summer, you know, it's madness. It's chaotic. We can have up to six or 700 people then through the doors on a day and a holiday. So it's it's very, um, we're very affected by both seasons and term times and holidays. So, so Hector, with all of those visitors coming into the museum, um, tell us about what you do here as a volunteer. Um, it, 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 it depends. So, some visitors come in and they don't want uh, people to disturb them. They just come and they look at the, 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 exhibit. the, 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 the exhibit. Others would like to talk to other to, to us, and so 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 it depends. Yeah. So, what is it that you enjoy about volunteering here? Um, it's it's very 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 nice. For one thing, I, 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 I'm a history graduate, and so I, I, I see all these things, and I, I remember, oh God, this is the thing that I, I did, did for my degree, and, and, and then I also see some things that I didn't, that I didn't know before, you know, um, oh God, so, yeah, so that it's, I, I, I get, I get a lot of, uh, what do I say, um, positive. Positive and yeah, very nice. Sounds like you're you're still learning, and that's so important, isn't it? Is, it is. you're seeing new things and you're learning new things, and it's feeding into that interest in history. Yes, it is. And the team are really nice. Things are very very of nice. Course. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, um, and obviously, um, yeah, my manager, uh, Kate, is very. She's very nice, actually. Thank you, my friend. Lots of patting going Lots on of here. Yeah. We have a good time on a Friday morning. We have, because uh, uh, Hector and I support Arsenal, and uh, another volunteer, Richard, <laughs> supports Man City. And so Friday morning, he volunteers for Friday morning as well, and it's always, it's always well, this season especially, hasn't yeah, it? It's been great fun. So we, at what's, 
technically called the morning briefing <laughs> is mostly given up to football chat on so, a Friday morning. Well, I thought we were going to be talking about, you know, highbrow displays of, uh, of from around the world and ancient civilizations, but we, it, all roads lead back to Arsenal. <laughs> hey, you, um, you shared an email with, with Hector that you were sent by some visitors. Yeah about Hector do you want to just share that because I was really moved by that will you be embarrassed no you've no. actually got it in front of you I didn't expect uh, you to have that how lovely so we do we get a lot of positive feedback about the volunteers on the galleries because they're the people who are who are the face of the museum they're talking to people they're meeting people every day we don't always get specific feedback about people but this was really lovely and it's uh should I read it? It's really nice. Yes. So it says, please say a huge thank you to the wonderful man we, we, we met today during our visit to your museum. I don't know his name, but he is a volunteer and had, a, had had a stroke in 2009. He also hails from Nigeria. He heard my friend and I discuss the beautiful, beautiful totem pole and came over to talk to us. His love for the artifacts in the museum was evident. It was lovely to speak to someone who was so enthusiastic and passionate about their surroundings. She goes on to also say that the lovely lady on reception was very welcoming on her arrival too. I hope that was me. Yeah, that was you. But it could also have been Petra. <laughs> um, and she said, all in all, it, the visit, it all made the visit seem like we'd been there before, like a cup of tea on a cold morning. It was really welcoming. That was so sweet. It was so lovely. a lovely thing to say. Yes, so to bother to take the time to say. Yes. So it makes a huge difference, yeah. you know, when when people engage, yeah. doesn't it? Cheers. That's really lovely, and it just shows that there's so much benefit both ways. So Elizabeth, I know that Paul volunteers as well in a couple of different roles. Maybe you could tell us a bit about what Paul does. So. A few years ago, we're, we're talking now actually, a couple of years ago, he did a bit of volunteering with a church group that organised lunches for the elderly. And it was really nice for him actually to go along to talk to people from, you know, all kind of walks of life with so much life experience and really try out a lot of those communication skills actually i feel that was really good for him to be involved in the community and you know improve those communication skills particularly at those early stages for him when he um you, you know post stroke and also feeling useful and purposeful all those usual things really and um, but more recently and he's really started the, the one of the reasons i asked you kate about a kind of minimum requirement is Paul is volunteering at the hospital where he had his rehab. So he had his neuro rehab at Queen Square in London. And I had encouraged him to go back to volunteer just to help within, you know, do something to help other people from a similar situation there was a bit of red tape to get there and you had to keep pushing because it's a hospital it's a slightly different scenario from i guess a museum where you don't have as much of kind of the safeguarding the hygiene so there were quite a few layers for him to get through to actually get the volunteering position and then they were really pushing for him to do at least once a week and a set day 
which I get, you know, it, it just helps everybody, doesn't it? And I think he does it alongside somebody else. So this is an opportunity for him to go back in the ward where he had his rehabilitation and be amongst people and talk to people that have been through a very similar brain injury as he had. Well, I mean, all brain injuries are so, so different. So there's all, all kinds of people that go to this specialist unit. And I remember when he was there, five, six years ago now, he got a, a lot out of the volunteers coming along and just having a normal conversation with somebody, someone sitting down, taking the time, asking him how he was, just having other conversations about whatever, you know, he may have an interest in. So Paul had a lot of benefits out of having those volunteers come and speak to him. So actually being able to give something back, he knows how good it is to be able to speak to someone. And I think because he's been in exactly the same situation as them, it gives so many people hope. And the progress that he's made has been amazing. And I think for a lot of these, a lot of people, when something life-changing like this happens, you've got no idea what the future holds or, you know, how you're going to, you know, get back on your feet and the rehabilitation that's ahead of you. So I think seeing somebody that's been through all of that and is there and is able to talk and, you know, speak to people about, the, you know, their situation is just so, so beneficial. That's kind of my thoughts about it. And, and I know for him, he gets so much out of it. Uh, I don't know if he'd necessarily admit to it, we'll ask him. But I think going and feeling purposeful and useful and inspiring other people, that's what it is. It's inspiring them to do more, to, to be able to keep going, because it's tough. As you know, Hector, it's 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 tough to keep going. Right, do you Sorry. want to come and say something? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So right. we're talking right. about volunteering. Okay, this Hi, is Paul. Paul. Hello, you all right? This is Julia, Kate, um, who works at yeah. the museum that Hector volunteers at. All right. So we're just, oh. I was just talking about Queen's Square. Yeah. So how have you found going and volunteering? Um, it's always been quite interesting for me to get involved in it because I think obviously due to my injury, I've always thought to myself, right, well, I feel like I'm kind of the lucky one, really, because obviously I can relate to it better. And I think um, a lot of people have said, well, why are you bothered about that? But I think the reason is, in the first place, is what just over five years ago, you realise that your life's not going to be the same. But I think what you've got to do is you've got to, you got to kind of give people a bit of acceptance and a bit of hope, really. And I think um, one thing that I've kind of got my, my head on, really, is the fact where to kind of help others and inspire how they can can, can benefit, I think. And don't, don't be too down and dis despondent about it, because when I was there, and I, the reason I, I, I chatted to people, because that's kind of what I do, is called befriending, I can really make a difference because I can tell people with their own eyes that were me in that hospital ward that was that room three that's me that and I know so many people have said what I said that were me four years ago mate because where it was it's just good for me to 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 expand on it and how they can cope with it really I'm basically looking after people with with um neurological wards which have obviously um like the 
the masks and, and things like that. Because actually, funnily enough, the masks were difficult because I don't like having masks on, but, but um, that was one thing. But I just think um, using the arms and the, and the legs and things like that, and obviously how to get back to it, I'm just trying to tell people the answer of how they can cope with it. Paul, just uh, just to let you know that there was a there was a bit of giggling this end when you mentioned about masks because Kate and, yeah. and Hector were agreeing that Hector didn't like wearing masks either. So I guess Kate was probably uh, telling him to put uh, one on. And, and Kate didn't wear wear a mask. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> no, I don't like the idea of it really. And obviously, when you're chatting to to patients and you're saying, you know, what it looks like. They don't have a mask, so why bloody hell should I have a mask? BC, it's, it's policy, isn't it? But the good, the good news is, by the way, that two weekends ago they've stopped doing it. So they're there last week, and then this week. But I know for a fact that the head volunteer still likes to keep his mask on. So I was sat there thinking, okay, because <laughs> well, not... I think that also it's quite interesting. One of the themes that we've been talking about, actually, as well as volunteering, that I feel has run through is communication. Yeah. Um, you know, Hector, you're working with visitors here um, and talking to them about the exhibits in the museum. Paul, you're talking about um, you know befriending people in the hospital yeah. so yeah. you're both in positions where you're talking to people yeah. and obviously masks were really important during that well, time exactly. but they can be a hindrance to communication and particularly I think where communication is difficult um, or more challenging um, the masks certainly were were not easy so I'm not surprised here that whole you both... another challenge yes <laughs> yeah we all had to deal with weren't they but yes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't miss them either. It's it's good that uh, you don't miss them. Um, but actually, I wanted to ask you as well, Hector, how you deal with visitors asking you questions and with your aphasia in the context of volunteering at the museum. Um, I do as as well as I could. And obviously, from the feedback and the email, you do really well. I try, you know, um, I, I try and, you know, like I say, you know, with my aphasia, it, 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 it sometimes it came fine. Some other times it was, it was very hard. So it, it just depends on what, what happens on that day. Hmm. And is it different when the museum is quiet or busy? When it's quiet, it's... Uh... <laughs> He's going to say boring. No, 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 I'm going to say boring. No, actually. okay, good. <laughs> when the, um, this, the, the, the museum is, is, is quiet, then I could maybe I could go on, on, the, on the tablet and look at what's happening with, with Arsenal, or, 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 or I could, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I, I like it when it's not when it when it's busy. When it's busy, you know, mm. and they can ask you questions and mm. yeah. Mm. Well, Kate, one of the things that we know about volunteering is that it is recommended as a pathway post-brain injury to help people connect with others, to give to others, and to learn new skills. And these are actually three recognized elements of well-being. So how do you think volunteering helps people with their well-being? particularly after a brain injury? I mean, I know I know less about 
people who've suffered with brain injuries than I do about volunteering in general for everybody. And I think regardless of why you come, that everybody comes to volunteering with a different expectation and for a different reason. So people come for all sorts of different reasons. And I think it's quite important as a volunteer, we have a huge range. I mean, we have a huge range of volunteers. I think our youngest is 16. Our oldest, I, I haven't asked, but I would maybe 80. All differing needs, differing differing walks of life. It's, it's fascinating. But everybody's reason for coming is different. But I, I hope that the thing across the board that people take away is, you know, a sense of belonging here, being part of a team. And I think that's really important for a lot of people, whether they're uh, rehabilitating or retired or new to a place. You know, I think there's a lot of reasons why people need to feel a sense of togetherness. I think that that happens here. I hope it does. There's, it's a very social thing to do, you know, it's, it's, especially if you aren't, haven't been getting out of the house or if you're not, you know, an extrovert. It's a social, there's a social aspect to it. Um, I think, and I hope that there is an element of developing self-esteem, developing confidence. And, you know, when you are in a position where you've done it for a while and you have the knowledge, mm. I think, and I, and someone asks you a question and you can tell them something they don't know mm. and you know, you can really enhance their experience of whatever they're doing. That must, well, I mean, I find it yeah, when I do it, it you have a real sense of, you know, having done a good thing and yeah. been helpful. And I think that's good for all of us. I think we can all benefit from feeling that way. I think you've summed up that so well, Kate, and really brought the volunteering experience to life and why it's so valuable. And Paul, from what you were saying about volunteering, I think... Um, that it resonates with with how you described the volunteer experience. So although you and Hector volunteer in completely different places, mm -hmm. um, would you agree with what Kate said about some of those those benefits of volunteering for you? For me, it looks like it's almost like a fresh start in that in that in that respect because having a brain injury and then realizing how far I was and how I've where I am now gives me a bit of strength really. And I, and I, I always understand to people, that's where it was before, that, that, that's where it is now. And I'm part of the way, but I'm nowhere near like the, the full article, if you like, but but just to just to tell some some empathy, I think really with people who, who understand it. And and it's really good for me just to, just to come in there just for three or four hours a week and actually chat to people. Cause it's all about chatting. I think that's half of it. And that's my character anyway. I'm a bit of a chatty guy. I like a chat and I like, and I always want a bit of humor involved as well. So when I tell you a good story, right? I, he's only, he's going, he's, he'll be there today, but he won't see me. It's a, it's a shame because I couldn't come. He's a big West Ham supporter. And I know that, I know that Hector's a, an Arsenal fan, but, but we all got, we've got a team. Oh, there you go. Well, we're not bothered about them. <laughs> I always start with football because I, I, I love watching games or watching football. And so I start on that, that basis. And one of the first, second things I think about is who's your team? And all the, all the girls play and all the boys play or whatever, or the young and old. And they always have some sort of relationship with football and I use football as like a goal really and I don't I know it's stupid but to be fair I had to start and I always remember when I was in a really bad way I'm a massive Leeds fan 
And for good, for God only knows, my dad said to me straight away, he goes, oh, Leeds playing. I went, oh, yeah, he put it, yeah. And I would, all I talk about is football because that starts on that basis. And it's basic, it's brilliant and really basic, but but that's the community spirit, I think. It's all community-based, everything. And it's all about families and how they're kind of, how they're going to cope and how they get on. I give people confidence boost, I think, and that's a good thing. And it works both ways, as we've heard, doesn't it? Confidence it does. boost for everyone. Hey, do, do you think that there's anything that you need from us as partners, carers, supporters, to make the volunteering experience successful or more successful for the volunteer? If you know that your partner is perhaps not as good at picking up emails as they might be, then that's always a good thing just to check in because sometimes so we like to offer volunteers um so one of the ways we we encourage volunteers and support them is we put on quite a lot of backstage not backstage you know behind the scenes talks and sessions and things like that and i'm not always sure there's there's a lot of people who, who will come, quite a lot of the students come, I think, because they're a bit keen. But there's a lot of people who don't. And I do worry sometimes that they're not necessarily picking up everything, you know, all the opportunities that they could. I think just things like checking in occasionally to make sure, you know, that everyone is is picking up all the emails and things and, you know, and coming in, coming to the museum. A lot of people, uh, especially the younger ones, bring their parents to, to visit and really enjoy giving them a giving them a tour. And that's really nice to see as well, especially the really young ones, school age, sort of 16, 17, 18, who haven't even been to uni yet. Mm. And I, you can see their confidence grow, you know, and that's lovely. So I think just being supportive in that way and perhaps periodically asking if there's anything exciting going on at the museum. Kate, for people who are listening that might be thinking about volunteering or, you know, wanting to find a little bit more but are unsure of what to do next what would be your advice to people so i think it depends where you are in the country but if you're here in cambridge and you want to volunteer within the university museums are, are a great way to do that we have a, a very inclusive volunteering policy at archaeology and anthropology i'm not sure if that's across the board but we well, I personally, anyway, think that we benefit from having that. I, I really do. I think it benefits the whole organisation. Um, I go sometimes to, you know, meetings with other museums around the country and they complain about the fact that they have such a, they have the same type of volunteer and it's a retired, you know, white man sort of in his 60s or 70s and that's it and uh I think god that must be incredibly boring we you know and I wonder what that issue is because we don't have that we have a very diverse and the ages as I said are, are very diverse but um so the museums are a good a good way in and you can in Cambridge we have an organization called UCM which is the University of Cambridge Museums they have a website I can give you the links uh, with volunteering opportunities on it but there's also a national website called the well you'll, you'll know it the ncvo the national council yeah. no national 
National Council of Voluntary Organisations. Mm. There's a lot of information on there. We also have in Cambridge, the Cambridge Council for Voluntary Service. So there's all sorts of ways. Uh, another of our volunteers, also Friday, came to us through the Cambridgeshire Adult Social Services. They should know. So any of the so any of the social services at the county council and the council should also know about about places. And yeah, the hospitals, all the hospitals, um, which you can do either through your local hospital or through the Royal Voluntary Service, um, churches, friends and family. I think there's any amount of ways. And I think the key thing is don't don't be afraid. You know, just don't be nervous about it. Go, go and see. I think yeah. I'm the only person who's who's had a stroke who, in in the area of where I'm from, who's into going back into um, volunteering, really, which is odd, because the people are going, "What you you've had a stroke?" Or it's, I always feel as if people are thinking, "Why do you want to do that?" Because I'm doing it because I want to help others. So many people have said to me, especially like the the nurses, have all been saying, "Mate, it's amazing what you're doing." But nobody else seems to do it here. I find that quite odd. It's almost as if people go home, go away, and got are gone. They're almost gone again. I kind of I find that quite different, really. That I'm doing it to, to to try and give them some guidance. Well, it might be that some. I know a lot of stroke survivors are involved in charities with sort of the stroke organization different strokes so i guess maybe there are different avenues but if there's anyone listening that would like to get involved and go into hospitals you know absolutely do that because clearly there is a bit of a shortfall mm. um, there is, and i think people aren't i think people mustn't feel that anything you know i i get the impression from what you're saying Paul, is that people probably feel like they're not useful or they don't feel like confident enough, perhaps. But actually, you know, we've we've talked about this a lot, and there's there's any number of things we could all do in a voluntary, in a voluntary capacity, which I think people would be surprised. And I think the key is just get out there and, and have a go, you know, because if you could talk to people, if you can be a presence, you know, that's a lot. That's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with access needs, there are there are lots of organisations that will understand what those access needs are and still very much welcome yeah, volunteers. So we yeah. will certainly put some information in, in the links about some of those organisations and how to get involved in volunteering for those people who would like to who aren't already. Absolutely. It is such a great feeling when you can help other people and just giving the gift of time to people and listening and showing people around and sharing your knowledge. It just makes a more fulfilled life for everybody, right? Definitely, yeah. yes. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Thank you, Hector. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. It's been a really great time to sit and discuss and be here in the museum as well. Um, and I'm going to enjoy a little walk round before we go just to... Hector will give you a, a tour. A guided tour. Lovely. Thank Amazing. You so much. Amazing. Thank you very much for joining us on Thank A Good Day. Thank you.